0: Preface to the First Edition of On War. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Linda and Timothy Ferguson. On War by Karl von Clausewitz. Translated by Colonel J. J. Graham. Preface to the First Edition. It will naturally
1: excite surprise that a preface by a female hand should accompany a work on such a subject as the present. For my friends no explanation of the circumstances required, but I hope, by a simple relation of the cause, to clear myself of the appearance of presumption in the eyes, also, of those to whom I am not known. The work to which these lines serve as a preface occupied almost entirely the last twelve years of the life of my inexpressibly beloved husband, who has unfortunately been torn too soon for myself and his country. To complete it was his most earnest desire, but it was not his intention that it should be published during his life. And if I tried to persuade him to alter that intention, he often answered half in jest, but also perhaps half in foreboding of early death, Thou shalt publish it. These words, which in those happy days often drew tears from me, little as I was inclined to attach a serious meaning to them, make it now, in the opinion of my friends, A duty incumbent on me to introduce the posthumous works of my beloved husband, with a few prefatory lines from myself, and although here may be a difference of opinion on this point, still I am sure there will be no mistake as to the feeling which has prompted me to overcome the timidity which makes any such appearance, even in a subordinate part, so difficult for a woman. It will be understood as a matter of course that I cannot have the most remote intention of considering myself, as the real editoress of a work which is far above the scope of my capacity, I only stand at its side as an affectionate companion on its entrance into the world. This position I may well claim, as a similar one was allowed me during its formation and progress. Those who are acquainted with our happy married life, and know how we shared everything with each other, not only joy and sorrow, but also every occupation, every interest of daily life, will understand that my beloved husband could not be occupied on a work of this kind without its being known to me. Therefore no one can, like me, bear testimony to the zeal, to the love with which he laboured on it, to the hopes which he bound up with it, as well as the manner and the time of its elaboration. His richly gifted mind had from his early youth longed for light and truth, and, varied as were his talents, still he had chiefly directed his reflection to the science of war to which the duties of his profession called him and which were of such importance for the benefits of the states Shanhorse was the first to lead him into the right road and his subsequent appointment in eighteen ten as instructor at the general war school as well as the honour conferred on him at the same time of giving military instruction to his royal highness the crown prince tended further to give his investigations and studies that direction and to lead him to put down in writing whatever conclusions he arrived at a paper with which he finished the instruction of his royal highness the crown prince contains the germ of his subsequent work but it was in the year eighteen sixteen at Koblenz that he first devoted himself again to scientific labours and to collecting the fruits which his rich experience in those four eventful years had brought to maturity he wrote down his views in the first place in short essays only loosely connected with each other the following without date which has been found amongst his papers seems to
0: belong to those early days in the principles here committed to paper in my opinion the chief things which compose strategy as it is called are touched upon i look upon them only as materials and had just got to such a length towards the moulding them into a whole These materials have been amassed without any regularly preconceived plan. My view was, at first, without regard to system and strict connection, to put down the results of my reflections upon the most important points in quite brief, precise, compact propositions. The manner in which Montesquieu has treated his subject floated before me in idea. I thought that concise, sententious chapters, which I proposed at first to call grains, would attract the attention of the intelligent, just as much by that which was to be developed from them as by that which they contained in themselves. I had, therefore, before me in idea, intelligent readers already acquainted with the subject. But my nature, which always impels me to development and systematising, at last worked its way out also in this instance. For some time I was able to confine myself to extracting only the most important results from the essays, which, to attain clearness and conviction in my own mind, I wrote upon different subjects, to concentrating in that manner their spirit in a small compass. But afterwards my peculiarity gained ascendancy completely. I have developed what I could, and thus naturally have supposed a reader not yet acquainted with the subject. The more I advanced with the work, and the more I yield to the spirit of investigation, so much the more I was also led to system, and thus then, chapter after chapter, has been inserted. My ultimate view has now been to go through the whole once more, to establish by further explanation much of the early treatise, and perhaps to condense into results many analysis on the later ones, and thus to make a moderate whole out of it, forming a small octavo volume. But it was my wish also in this to avoid everything common, everything that is plain of itself, that has been said a hundred times and is generally accepted. For my ambition was to write a book that would not be forgotten in two or three years, and which any one interested in the subject would, at all events, take up more than once.
1: In Coblenz, where he was much occupied with duty, he could only give occasional hours to his private studies. It was not until 1818, after his appointment as director of the General Academy of War at Berlin, that he had the leisure to expand his work and enrich it from history of modern wars. This leisure also reconciled him to his new avocation, which, in other respects, was not satisfactory to him, As according to the existing organization of the academy, the scientific part of the course is not under the director, but conducted by a board of studies. Free as he was from all petty vanity, from every feeling of restless egotistical ambition, still he felt a desire to be really useful and not to leave inactive the abilities with which God had endowed him. In active life, he was not in a position in which this longing could be satisfied, and he had little hope of attaining to any such position his whole energies were therefore directed upon the domain of science and the benefit which he hoped to lay the foundation of by his work was the object of his life that notwithstanding this the resolution not to let the work appear until after his death became more confirmed is the best proof that no vain paltry longing for praise and distinction no particle of egotistical views was mixed up with this noble aspiration for great and lasting usefulness thus he worked diligently on until in the spring of eighteen thirty he was appointed to the artillery and his energies were called into activity in such a different sphere and to such a high degree that he was obliged for the moment at least to give up all literary work he then put his papers in order sealed up the separate packets labelled them and took sorrowful leave of this employment which he loved so much he was sent to breslau in august of the same year as chief of the second artillery district, but in December recalled to Berlin, and appointed chief of the staff to field-marshal Count Nissen for the term of his command. In March 1831 he accompanied his revered commander to Posen. When he returned from there to Breslau in November after the melancholy event which had taken place, he hoped to resume his work, and perhaps complete it in the course of the winter. The Almighty had willed it should be otherwise on the seventh november he returned to breslau on the sixteenth he was no more and the packets sealed by himself were not opened until after his death the papers thus left are those now made public in the following volumes exactly in the condition in which they were found without a word being added or erased still however there was much to do before publication in the way of putting them in order and consulting about them and I am deeply indebted to the several sincere friends for the assistance they have afforded me, particularly Major Oetzel, who kindly undertook the correction of the press, as well as the preparation of maps to accompany the historical parts of the work. I must also mention my much-loved brother, who was my support in the hour of my misfortune, and who has also done much for me in respect of these papers, amongst other things, by careful examining and putting them in order, he found the commencement of the revision which my dear husband wrote in the year eighteen twenty seven and mentions in the notice hereafter annexed as a work he had in view this revision has been inserted in the place intended for it in the first book for it does not go any further there are still many other friends to whom i might offer my thanks for their advice for the sympathy and friendship which they have shown me but if i do not name them all they will i am sure not have any doubts of my sincere gratitude It is all the greater for my firm conviction that all they have done was not only on my account but for the friend whom god has thus called away from them so soon if i have been highly blessed as the wife of such a man during one and twenty years so am i still notwithstanding my irreparable loss by the treasures of my recollections and of my hopes by the rich legacy of sympathy and friendship which i owe the beloved departed by the elevating feelings which I experience at seeing his rare worth so generally and honourably acknowledged. The trust confided to me by a royal couple is a fresh benefit for which I have to thank the Almighty, as it opens to me an honourable occupation to which I devote myself. May this occupation be blessed, and may the dear little prince who is now entrusted to my care some day read this book and be animated by it to deeds like those of his glorious ancestors. Written at the Marble Palace, Potsdam, 30th June, 1832. Marie von Klasiewicz, born Countess Brühl, Oberhofmeisterin to His Royal
0: Highness the Prince William. End of Preface Recording by Linda and Timothy Ferguson, Gold Coast, Australia